As a coffee drinker, I'd rather choose a healthy alternative that gives long-lasting energy and helps burn fat. Instead of worrying about extra shots of espresso, the coffees I drink intensifies your metabolism and energizes the body. Keto coffee contains MCT oil, grass-fed butter, and collagen. And Skinny Brew Coffee is a vegan-based coffee that improves focus and concentration with six brain-boosting nootropics. Try the good stuff. Try the healthy stuff. What's happening, blues people? Remember, we are still in the midst of a crowdfunding campaign for the African-American Folklorist newspaper. Go to the Indiegogo campaign. You can also find it on the African-American Folklorist website or look down in the description box where you will get a link to the campaign. Your donations allow us to service our readers with articles about traditions, traditional beliefs, the cultural context, geographical locations, musics, and vernaculars of African Americans, and the role each element plays in the lives of the people past and present. And don't forget, April 23rd is our benefit concert entitled Black Folk Narrative with performances by Piedmont Blues Acoustic Duo Marquise Knox and Corey Harris. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, blues people? I see we in red right now. Let me adjust my audio. I'm I'm honored and blessed because you know a lot of great music come out of Houston, a lot of blackness come out of Houston. So without further ado, let's welcome Sister and Miss Anika Chambers. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good. I, I'm gonna need you to slide to your there you go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what's 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 going on, sis? How you been? Well, happy Black History Month. It's been uh quite the <laughs> quite the last year, man. You know, everything uh from COVID to the elections to you know, trying to figure out where we're navigating for the music community. So um it's been I would say it's been interesting. I won't say it's been bad, it's just been interesting, you know, trying to navigate this new life, you know. I well that leads us right to it, navigating this new life with all these things that's been happening. Considering now you you in 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 my eyes and how I've um so hopefully gracefully and respectfully uh uh uh, uh reported of you and 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 and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh wrote about you are a uh Blues Belter, Soul Blues Belter. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> am, am I in the ballpark here? Yeah, yeah, you know, I like that. <laughs> I dig it. Good, because so so now, considering a lot of historical moments in American history, there's a soundtrack right behind it. What... Right. What are you feeling right now? And you had you po- you 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 actually recorded a song recently, and posted it up that had to do with what we're dealing with, right? Yeah. So so I did. I, I guess as you go into that song, 
and the explanation I saw and take us into how important it is as an artist to 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 stand on your square and address things that the commercial side of our business frown upon. Well, you know, I looked up or look up to the Maya Angelou's, um, the uh, Mavis Staples, the uh, Mahalia Jacksons, you know, back in that time, they were capturing what was going on during that time. And so I feel it's a duty of mine because I've been given this talent from my ancestors that it's a duty for me to capture the time in this music, with this music, and regardless of who decides that they don't want it on the commercial side, my guys and, and my friends, they all know, like, it's out there. We're going to do what we got to do to capture what is going on, capture this moment in time, because just like the civil rights movement was a moment in time, there was music that reflected that. And so now, you know, with the song we put out, Power, it's like we need more power. And that's not just for blacks. It's for any, you know, person in this country that feels less than. We need to be, we all need to have an equal representation in this country. And so my job is to do the music and put the music out so that you know, that you feel like, oh, yeah, I could do this. Because when you see the video, you see all races. You see everything. So it's like... We want, for me, I want everyone to be able to live in this country peacefully. Well, I mean, I would hope we all want that, right? Um, right. And, you know, to your point, I think of Fred Hampton, and I think of him often, but more recently his name has been mentioned uh, multiple times because of Judas and the Black Messiah. and. Mm -hmm. Fred Hampton's uh, mission statement, if you will, re resembles yours, right? Yeah. So, so. Oh yeah. What? How does that make you feel, or is there any influence there, or this is just the way it is and how you see things, or all of the above, for that matter? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like, and we, you know, we saw the movie. We've done our, you know, research, and we've seen other Fred Hamptons try and do good for our communities and you see what has happened to them as well. But I feel like um, the Black Panther movement and everything they stood for in a time where, you know, my mother and my father didn't have, you know, they had had me at a very young age, so they didn't have the resources. And when you look at you know, them establishing WIC or establishing, you know, after school programs and things to better our community. It really makes it um, frustrating to know that today we're still dealing with a lot of issues that Fred Hampton had to, to deal with, you know? I, I want to talk about something that you mentioned mm -hmm. in our first interview. And one of the main yeah. reasons I want to talk about that is because as Black History Month comes to an end, something I find actually even more important than Black History Month, Women's History Month is coming. Oh, yeah. Now, being a Black woman in the space of Black music, let's just start there. Mm -hmm. Or okay. at least what we know is to be Black music 
mm-hmm. but that's not the presentation of it, right? How, how right. was that? Talk to us about that. Um, you know, I feel as though, you know, I've been blessed in the, the industry, um, you know, winning awards and being nominated a lot. And I finally feel like I have a voice to really tell you how I feel. And I've been one of those artists that even after winning awards are traveling all over the world, sell out tours everywhere. I've been one of those artists that still has been told by the powers that be or the gatekeepers that I don't have what it takes to carry on the legacy of this music. Um, I find, you know, I'm still going to continue to do my music, but I find that it's harder and harder to do it knowing that certain people don't feel I'm worthy enough to even put a little money behind me to get me to the next level of maybe our white counterparts, specifically female, you know? So wait a minute. (laughs) Someone had the nerve, the gall, the audacity to say, you don't have what it takes to carry this on when you are actually the direct prototype of what this mm-hmm. was built on. Right. Right. But in our industry, you can see it. You have the gatekeepers. And part of what the gatekeepers do is they keep the gates closed to people who they don't seem see as worthy. And so, you know, I've done, you know, I've been to the, I tell people I've been to war, I've been to prison, I've been in a bad relationship. I grew up with teenage parents. Um, I always sang, you know, my grandparents raised me. I am the blues through and through. And if you were to give me a chance, I've told, I'll tell any label this or any booking agency this, I feel as though I could cross over. And get to the mainstream, and that's, you know, good for you. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's it's definitely tough to hear those type of things. And it, I don't let it stop me, but it makes you want to build your own. But you still have to deal with the gatekeepers. So the question is, how do we get past the, the gatekeepers and getting them to understand that Black music, Black blues artists deserve to have those same opportunities that our white counterparts get. And the talent is there. There's a lot of amazing talent out there in the blues and none of them outside of Shamika, who's my big sister and Ruthie, my other big sister, you know, they're on that level, but there are other black men and women that deserve to be there too and deserve to have those chances on those big labels and on those big booking agencies. And then after a year, if you say, you know what, this is not really working for me, then let them go. But at least give us the chance, open the door, open the gate and let us in. That's right. So let me ask you, the audience, and I've been asking um, black musicians, actually any musician that I've interviewed or, or, or enthusiasts, regardless of, of, ethnicity or, 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 or what's considered race mm-hmm. about the audience. And the reason why I'm asking about the audience, because I, I believe if blues venues or blues performances had a strong black audience, then a lot of this would change. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? 
Um, you know, I come from Houston, so when I hear about the audiences, yes, when I travel to other cities and other other states, I see like you know that it's majority white artists, but. Uh, in Houston, it's it's very diverse. So you have blacks and Asians and whites and everybody there. So it's, I would, I, I feel as though you start in the schools, like do the blues in the schools, go to blues in the schools in the, you know, urban neighborhoods and get the kids interested in the blues. And the kids are going to do what? Go home and tell their parents. And then their parents, a good parent's going to be like, oh, well, let's go check this out. They have a free festival in the community that weekend. That's what we've done in Houston. We've had blues festivals in the middle of the hood at the park. Mm. And people come out. It's all Black people. And they hear music that they ain't heard in a long time because they thought that uh, blues music has gone to the white people, but that's not what it is. It's just not in the communities. You can't go to the affluent neighborhood and do a, a blues festival and expect for blacks to come. That's just not where we're hanging out. So go where we're hanging out instead of instead of saying like, oh, black people don't support the blues. They do, but go where they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to jump around a bit because I, I want to get back to this day and age uh, society-wise, right? We're yeah. in a very uh, sensitive moment, uh, a mm -hmm. very cultural, insensitive slash sensitive moment because I'm noticing a lot of people are attempting to be what they're considered. The, the new term is on the right side of history, right? Yeah. Everybody's right. trying to be culturally sensitive. But how much does this moment allow for us to be able to give the proper context of the blues to both black, white, and everyone in between? Oh, oh man. Say the last part one more time so I make sure I got it. How, 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 how pivotal is this moment to, yeah. to really give the proper context of the blues? And I say that because I, I think a, a, a lot of the issues with, with, with our people, black folk, they they have been misinformed to think blues is slave music, so, right? Right. So so with what's going on now, we already we know the the black spirituals, but but I I don't think they know the blues is part of this as well, right? The blues. Let's you know. That's why I say this music, and I know that this music is from my ancestors. The song power. That was um, the Negro prison camp in Texas way back in the day, the chain gang, you know? And so that music to me, that's the music of our people. That's the blues. That's, you know, the blues was a, about the struggle, the heartache. And yes, it's about that now, but I feel like it's a lot of it has been turned into rock and all that, which I don't mind. My husband plays blues rock. That's fine. But when it comes to, my question is always who is going to um, uh, preserve the authenticity of the music? Which artists are going to do that? So I think white, black, whatever, I think artists need to understand that the time we're in, you, whatever race you are, you need to not turn a blind eye to what, what's going on in the music. You need to really think about like, why black artists are saying what we're saying and 
support us, write the music that support us. Because back in the day, there were white artists, too, that were coming to our rescue. My husband hit me to the Beatles. They came to the rescue of Blacks, and they, but they came from the, over the pond. But it's we needed that. We need white allies, too. I, I have to say, yes, we need white allies, but I will never say the the Beatles were white allies. I would I would say more so the Rolling Stones. I, I, yeah. I don't know of, of the Beatles. Um, maybe maybe uh, John, I think his name is um, John. I can't think of his name. The one who got shot. Lennon, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, but but but. Be, and the re- only reason why I, I I mentioned the Rolling Stones is because I I do recall uh, they would not perform if they didn't allow Howlin' Wolf to come out. Okay, yeah, you know, and and things like that. Um, but you know, there's still a sense of you know it's very convoluted, and 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 I I don't want to get into a moment where I'm 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 nitpicking at 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 uh white behavior right so mm-hmm. i'm just going to i'm going to leave that there because i, I don't <laughs> i don't want to do that but what i do what i would like to to say is with blues music now and and with your statement now what you just said in regards to everything mm-hmm. do you think that adjusting or, or or fusing the blues with what one may believe is contemporary style of music is doing a disservice to the actual musical style of the blues mm-hmm. or or do you think that's actually a way to introduce it to to new audiences i personally think that if the blues community, the blues industry, the labels, all of that, if they introduced it, not just a mix of artists, black and white, not just white artists, because today we're at a point where black artists feel like whites took over our music and we're just the ones making the, you know, barely making it. I mean, look at our bluesmen and how they die and they don't have that generational wealth, but the Rolling Stones, the um, you know, the Beatles, all those bands and stuff. Oh, let's say Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa, you know, he has generational wealth if he has a kid. So it's like, I'm fine with the music evolving. Me and my husband, we've been playing music with our buddies, J.P. Soros and Chris Pete. They're rockers, but they play blues too. They, you know, they, they're very like, you know, they could do anything. I call it cosmopolitan, you know, but they know too now when as I've taken my stance that they would get the chances over me because they're white and a lot of I guess white audiences want to see people that look like them but I can be blues rock too if I want to like but yet it's still I still wouldn't get a chance like even if I change everything about what I do it's like I feel as though when the blues rock all that started happening they should have had black women and I mean they have black they have black men but I feel like the black woman gets like sat on the backside all the time you know so for you this is not even just about white and black but this is also about women being pigeonholed and then on top of that black Black women women. 
black women being pigeonholed, not white women, black women being pigeonholed. Because if you look at the industry now, um, you you see that the white women are more um, popular than the Everywhere. black the black woman, you know, and you can say matter of talent versus talent, but it's not really about that. It's again, it's the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers say like, we want a thin blonde white girl that plays guitar or that, you know, is semi talented, but she's sexy. But what, when you go and look at those black artists, I know again, several black women that are sexy can sing, can, you know, dance, can do all these things. But yet we, and we all talk about it, that we don't get the same chances and we wonder why. You know, you wonder why. I wonder why too. I, you know, it's it's. So, have you spoke with the sisters about making a, a, a coalition? We do. We have. We have a, um, a sister girl group that. When our goal, because they're from all over the world, so our goal is when we're able to be out, you know, and, and be, we want to do a, a huge show and show people that black women can work together. And I think the mindset sometimes is like black women are hard to work, but we're really not. We're just saying what's on our mind, you know? <laughs> and sometimes people don't like that. That's just what it is. So <laughs> It's usually the person that's trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't play that. We don't play that. <laughs> right. So, okay. You know, this is, it's, it's kind of, um, it's not, it's not new information. It's not new information to me, and I don't want to say it's kind of shocking and surprising because it's not, and I'll be disingenuous. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's hurtful, I think, is the word to really say. Specifically, oh, yeah. again, because we're, we're speaking about a an expression, an American expression that yep. came from American blacks, male and female. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know... The, the 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 onslaught of blues as a pop music literally came from black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so outside of going to where the black folk is, outside of eliminating the gatekeepers, right? What mm-hmm. what are some solutions that we could speak publicly about that could possibly change this terrain? Um, I think that I thought about having my own production company because I am in the, the know of the people and I, people say I'm charming and can talk business. So, you know, having my own production company and helping women produce their music and getting it out where it needs to be and me fighting for them and telling the gatekeepers, listen, you know, you got such and such over here, you should have this black woman too. And, you know, and building that kind of, you know, I say legacy or whatever to show that black artists actually had a chance in this time, you know, in this, in, in this time that we had a chance to get our music out, regardless of what the gatekeepers said, we had a team of people that was able to get our music out. And I think that would be, you know, a, a start, you know, <laughs> that so, would be a start. I, uh, like I said, we're going to jump around because there was something else you mm-hmm. said in that last interview we had that um, we mentioned, but I, I would like to go a little deeper. Yeah. The fact that 
white women who can sing get praised because they believe that's uh what is it supernatural special right special, special. but mm-hmm. for a black women it's like oh well you're supposed to be able to sing yeah right. that's the actually the attitude that's the the power that be that told me i didn't have what it takes to carry on the legacy of this music uh, also, within a few months, signed a white girl that we all were pretty shocked. We were just like, you know, okay, not a comparison. You have no other choice but to compare because someone told you no and you knew. And and for me, it's not ego. It's just, you know, multiple Blues Music Award nominations, Grammy guys on my record. You know, I don't, a few years ago, I would say, you know what, okay, fine, whatever. I, maybe I wasn't ready, but now I feel like myself and other artists that tour women that tour all over, uh, black women that tour all over, I feel that we deserve those chances too. Well, I I I I, I know that you do. I, I'm I'm baffled at this idea that just because it appears black women could just Roll over, wake up out of bed <laughs> with the um what's the thing that that's called, you know, my wife and my daughters with Oh your bonnet, your bonnet. Yeah, yeah. You got your <laughs> bonnet on and then it just, it just comes out with no work. Right. You know, and, and and I would imagine if that was the case, that would make you pretty supernatural. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, I do wake up singing. My husband says I sing in my sleep, but it's at what point? I mean, I know that a lot of black women come from the church, but there's some who don't that do are naturally singers and and come out singing. But why? Why is it not supernatural when we do it? You know, why, why is it not like, you know, special when we do it? I feel as though when we do it, it's the most authentic because like you say, it's the the connection to the ancestors. So of course, when we do it, it's going to come out as a supernatural uh, feeling that's taking over us. So let me play devil's advocate. (laughs) I have to, because you said it's not that it's not an ego thing, but just based on the space that I'm in and what I what I what I contribute, I, I've seen a lot of people respond to 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 blues musicians, black blues musicians who raise these points and and they they usually not hearing what's being said and they're they're somehow pitting it on the the, the, the black blues artist or singer. Mm-hmm. So, so what what do you have to say to someone who who would would hear this and then say, you know, oh, Anika's complaining, you know, it's, it's not her time, or or maybe the other person did better, what, whatever they could say. What do you have to say to them? I have to say to them that I'm not just standing for myself. I'm standing for the other black artists, the other black female artists that deserve a chance too. Um, we are all equally as talented. I mean, it, it's not fair for us to look at lineups, to look at, you know, artist rosters. It's not fair to us to see these things and not see ourselves represented. 
So it's bigger than me. It's going to always be bigger than me. I want the young black girls to see themselves just like we see Madam Vice President. I want them to see them on the big blues labels and the big um, uh, booking agencies and stuff. And on those big old festivals overseas and in our country. A lot of times black women have to go overseas to get the love and credit that we deserve. But we should have this right here in our own backyard because all of us were born here. We deserve to to have a chance too. That's right. No, I'm in agreement. So you know, and it reminds me because some a white person told me this who who um she works in in promotions in, in some of these big blues festivals. She said that the bottom line is about the money. Right. About how much money the organization putting this on can get and and how much people they can draw. So now with that being said, and I'm not throwing her under the bus, but I'm more I'm more or less taking that statement and applying it to what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Because when I hear what you're explaining, and mind you, I've witnessed and experienced this too. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. But when I what we're discussing it, and I hear what this white lady shared with me, do 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 we get a sense that what they're saying is black blues singers and players and musicians aren't uh, 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 marketable, aren't commercial enough to be able to get this kind of money when it's pretty much the music that comes from our culture? Right. Um, I'm going to go with, yes, they believe that uh, we're not worthy. But the plus side to right now is that we're all on an even slate. Whites, blacks, uh, the Asians, you know, whoever's in the booth, we're all on an even slate. But a lot of festivals, it is about money. They want to know who's going to bring, pull in the most artists, I mean, pull in the most fans, so that way they make their money for their festival, which I understand. But again, these blues labels, these booking agencies, if they had representation of us there, then these promoters would see that there's a, a need to put a festival, you know, in a more uh, urban community. They would see that or they would bring us and have us do a blues in the schools and then we'll get the, the community out. But again, it goes back to the gatekeepers, the booking agents and, you know, the labels, more so the booking agencies because they're keeping the artists off the roster. So the promoters don't get a chance to see that they're black, black women or, or black men. So now we, we have a modern day, uh, Chitlin circuit, right? And and I say mm-hmm. that in jest, but we have the the the, the Southern Blues, Southern Soul circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a brother Ronnie, I believe. If I, I hope mm-hmm. that's out in um, the the Bay Area. Right? Okay, yeah. And, and we have different spaces that cater. My question to you is. Should we still be trying to or or upset about not being able to to present and perform in their spaces? And should we just collectively begin to create our own marketable spaces? Um, yes and no. Well, I, I say yes to that, but I also say 
that the black artists that are on those labels, that are on those agencies, I know that it affects their bottom line, but I feel like that they need to speak up. I don't feel like that they need to speak up in somebody's inbox. I think they need to speak up to the gatekeepers and the powers that be, because at the end of the day, they can get let go at any time mm. and they're black. And the late, the gatekeepers and the, the, uh, they see that they see that you're black. They're going to always see that. So why not stand for something? As my shirt says, stand up, speak out. <laughs> you know? I like that. So, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's hard to say what we should do because we've been dealing with this for so many years. The chilling circuit had been around forever before I was born. And so it feels like we're fighting to be a part of an organization, a part of an industry that maybe say, you know, we just don't want you, but yet they will have us at their events and having us sit in with people and have us, you know, singing for free at all these different things. But when it comes to say, you know what, I want to play your festival. Hey, I want to be on your label. I got a record coming out. Can you help me? And they don't want to put the money behind you. So it's like, I'm not going to do any more free labor for you. I learned that a long time ago. I ain't going to do that. So do, um, do, I'm so, huh? No, I, I, do, do you think that's just... I, I, I don't want to make a blanket statement to offend white people because that's not what I'm trying to do. But no. at the same token, that that that's a a a colonizer frame of mind. Come right. work, give me free labor, but when it's time to exchange currency for the labor, then you go and, and give those resources to one of your own. Right. Or they and they pay you if they do pay you, they always pay you less and they'll give more to, like you say, their own. And so it's weird because I'm friends with some of their own, the gatekeepers. I'm friends with them. So, and we talk like, hey, how much you getting, you know? So if someone offers me two grand and they offer you five grand, I'm going to have a problem with that because nine times out of 10, that person has no BMA nominations, nothing. And I'm like, well, then, you know, I have all these accolades and, you know, I can't, you know, get my money up, as they say. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, and that, you know, that's kind of bugged out because in, in, in the film space, I've heard uh, 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 quite a few black actors say, you know, once you get an Oscar, then your, 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 your career starts deteriorating. Because wow. now they know they gotta pay you your worth. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in in paying your worth, they'd rather just not hire you. Right. Right. So I mean, man, this is so do you think that this happens to Black women, and I'm gonna ask specifically for black women because you're a black woman. Mm-hmm. Be- because when when you're vocal about the the inner dealings, that this is their way of spanking you guys. Do you think this is what this is? Um, I think that over the years, you know, may, may, in the beginning, and you see, well, you saw the movie with Marani and stuff, but um, you look at how she was treated. And she stood up for herself. A lot of times people don't like that black women stand up for themselves. But 
they're okay with a white man standing up for themselves. But we know, again, sisters speak up. That's what we do. My mama spoke out. My granny spoke out. My auntie spoke out. So I got it honestly. I'm going to say, I'm going to stand up. And sometimes they, it, it's, I get you say uh, they're spanking us. I just feel, I feel like they're doing a disservice to the blues. Well, that's what I feel. That, well, that's definitely what's happening. But do, do, I guess what I'm asking, is this a conscious decision on their part for people who speak up, especially since there are, there are black women in this space that, that can speak up and don't? So are they not speaking up because they don't want to be ostracized? Um, yeah, I guess. Some don't speak up because they're not where they want to be in their careers or, you know, it. it I, I guess it just varies from person to person. I do think that a lot of people don't speak up because they don't want to lose their careers. I also think some people are cowards, you know, they just, okay, whatever. It's not, it's not affecting me. I'm going to just get my little money over here. But at the end of the day, it's all about what your goal is and what your focus and it's bigger than me. I care about the young girls coming up behind me. I do. And, and I have friends that we talk and, you know, we try to figure out what we can do because, again, they, we're nominated for BMAs this year. And it's like, OK, so <laughs> I, I feel like I thought I had got shut out the blues community because I was so vocal last year about how I felt because at the end of the day, I'm black. My daddy's black. My uncles are black. My sisters are black. My mama's black. So I can't take police brutality. I have to speak up about that because at any day that could be someone in my family that could be a close friend of mine. But I felt like the blues community, a lot of them like deleted me and pushed me aside because they didn't want to hear that. They want me to sing. Mm. They want me to be the circus monkey or whatever, but they don't want to hear my problems. They don't want that. So, and that goes back to what we, we, we spoke about briefly earlier in this conversation. The, the content of the music, right? Mm-hmm. Because some people, and I'm one of them, but I, I understand that there's multiple stories of the black culture, right? But how, right. how important is it to discuss the problems of blackness today rather than continuing to sing songs of cotton picking and we're not picking cotton right now. We need to, like um, uh, what me and my my friends and my husband have done, again, we've captured the time. So we have a song called Stand Up. We have a song, you know, we have power, you know. We did a cover of the Beatles soon. Isn't it a pity with, you know, that's capturing the time right now. We need to stop police brutality. We need to get them kids out of the cages. We need to, I mean, it's like, and we need to all understand that we deserve to live in this country safely. So we got to capture that. I don't really sing about, I mean, the power song, I made power because it was from the thirties or twenties. I made it today. I made it today because I felt like it spoke to me in this, in today. Absolutely. You know, I don't really, I mean, I connect to slave because of my ancestors, but I, I'm not picking cotton either, you know? So, and we're not, we're not, none of us going to be picking cotton anytime soon, but we can compare picking cotton to, you know, not getting paid the amount, right amount of money. You know, <laughs> we sure can because it's the same system. So, you, you, please, just to uh, as a disclaimer, 
Where I, I was just merely saying, should 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 these blue, should blue songs right now focus on the, the current content, the current status of black folk? Yeah, well, if you consider yourself to be a blues artist, like authentic blues artist, white, black, whatever, then capture the time. Capture the time in your in your focus, in your vision, you know. Some people are not going to see that it's an issue with, with police brutality. They, they, they're not going to see that. They're not going to see that the last four years it's been hard for minorities to live in this country. They're, and that's fine, right from your vision. But I know black people are going to write from their vision. You know, there's something that's been going on on Facebook the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, big argument that, that has been ongoing. It's kind of simmered down slightly. Mm-hmm. The, no, the notion of fans and blues musicians that have either racist tendencies or racist perspectives. The question mm-hmm. I'm, and, and well, before I get to the question, and, and what a lot of fans, uh, enthusiasts, and uh, musicians and performers, the issue they had was how can you play and revere a black expression at the same time, Heinous. standing right in the racist state. What What is your thoughts on that? Uh, it's a, one of those things, you know, love the music, but hate the culture. You know, love the blues artists, but if you met them on the street, you would hate them. You know, that's, the, that's how I see that. And I see um, a lot of white artists that, you know, hate it saying Black Lives Matter, but yet they'll play some Holland Wolf for Robert Johnson, you know. Um, My husband is white, again, he's Canadian, but he made his statement in the beginning, you know, when Ahmaud Arbery got killed, when Breonna Taylor got killed, when George Floyd got killed, he made it known that it was unacceptable for these things to happen. And I feel that white artists, especially the bigger artists, the Eric Clapton's, the um, Joe Bonamassa's, they had a platform. But then they said what they, well, Eric Clapton did whatever he was doing, but Joe Bonamassa tried to stand up and his fans, you know, that's his money. So they were like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fall into this trap. We're not gonna do that. But it's, why not? Why don't you believe in science? Why don't you believe Black Lives Matter? Why don't you, you know, let women decide for themselves what they want to do with their bodies? I mean, why feel like you have this control? But my thing is, why play our music if you don't like us? So you know what I'm going to follow this question up with. (laughs) Can we use the blues, the blues people, and the blues music and to 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 even if we don't bring because everybody's not going to like each other and that's that's just you know irresponsible and unrealistic to think we'll all be in mm-hmm. utopia and I don't just mean between white and black that's black and black that's you know everybody's just not going to but can we utilize this expression and culture to bring an, at least an understanding so that we can tolerate each other and and coexist. 
Man, I've been thinking about my other love is writing speeches. So <laughs> I've been thinking about writing a speech that maybe could connect us because again, I have friends that are white. I may have friends that are everything. And, but I also have friends in the music um, that I've been bothered that they haven't taken a stand. You know, I've been bothered, you know, being on the road with my band prior to COVID and I got pulled over in the Midwest and pulled out of the car and the, the guy, the cop had his hand on, on his weapon, you know. I'm not a threat at all, you know. <laughs> but my white guitar player gets pulled over and he like goes off on the cop. Like, you know, why are you pulling me over? Oh, I'm sorry, sir, you know, have a good day. So right. it's like, you know, you just... You you want to try and connect people. I understand that music evolves. I, I understand all that. But I do not understand not giving Black artists a place in the in the current blues industry. I don't. I will never understand that. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't either. I, I. But just riffing off the experience that you just shared with us, having these experiences as a Black person, and I'm asking mm -hmm. this to you. Uh, 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 singularly, because it's really not fair to 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 ask you to answer for for an a, a entire body of people, right? <laughs> but for you yeah. having that experience, and then the 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 business protocol of 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 the blues industry kind of replicates what you expressed with this police encounter. Does this yeah. add uh, a flame to the fire of the disdain and things of this nature? Walk us through that. Talk to us about that. Oh, for sure. I mean, my not just me, but a lot of my friends, black friends, we've talked about that, about how we're treated on the road or if we're playing um, at the, I say the wrong type of place, you know, I've had uh, promoters come in, tell my drummer, what you doing, boy? You know, or we've been in a place where there's a noose in the middle, a middle in the middle of the bar. So it's like, it's so it's so weird that you want blues artists, but you you can't treat blacks like that anymore. Like we talk back. So, <laughs> but it's definitely um, you see a lot of things on the road. You see where you're not welcomed when you go to a place and you feel uncomfortable. That's not a place for me. And I'm I can find home in a lot of places, but if I'm uncomfortable, it's not I'm not coming back. You know, I'll do the show, but I'm not coming back. You know, and that's interesting because when we express the the um different treatment that we get as black people just in general, you know, it 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 mirrors the days of of Yesterday, when, when our ancestors was traveling to play music, worried mm -hmm. about getting lynched and things like this, and right. one would hope to think you would not have those issues in what's considered the new millennia, but yet here we are having this conversation, right? Yeah. How, how hard is it for some audience members, uh, some 
promoters, some just non-black people in the blue space to receive that this actually still happens? How hard is it? Do- um, you know, I've learned even today. I experienced an older white man. You're telling them like, "Hey, this is my experience." You're corrected. We're corrected. We're chastised. You know, told that we're wrong for how we feel, and it's like if several black artists separately have all these different experiences and we tell you, you know, this is my black experience, not just in this, in in this country, but in this industry and you negate how we feel. It's like, I mean, we're still going to tell you how we feel, but we're probably not going to deal with you because you want, you acting like the slave master. Like Mm. I'm wrong. That's not going to work for me. And again, I, you know, I respect and love my ancestors. They fought for us and all that. But this day and time, we talk back and we fight back. So, well, let me let, let, let's let's talk about black on black. The reason oh, yeah. I want to talk uh-huh. about black on because you know, in, in we do know that competitive business is competitive business, right? So do do you do you find shade from other black female artists? Are you getting support <laughs> from black male artists? Um hmm, black female artists. Yeah, I just I had a situation with a, a black female artist. Um it, 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 several situations. So, so I'm just gonna say yeah, because I if I tell you the story, it'll be clear when people watch it who it is. So um yes, I've definitely um had some issues with older women black women having issues with me because i'm young on the blue scene you know and got a few you know awards and i feel like because they haven't had that that they treat me like poop you know but for me humility is a big thing you know it's a it's part of me you know being grateful is part of me in addition to that i'm talented and a great businesswoman. So, I mean, it's no need to hate on me. Just ask me what I'm doing. That's that's what we can do, you know. As far as black men, um, I find it hard in any industry that black men are truly standing up for us. Like um, when black men play blues festivals, and I'm like, well, shit. You know, the white guys bring out a girl with them. Why don't you have us come sing back up for you or something? There's a lot of us talented out there. We can come. And then the promoters, again, can see black people working together. They can see us working together. And somebody's going to see a video where we dancing, you know, doing the Mary Clayton and stuff. And boom, they're going to want that. They're going to want you, but they're going to want us with you at the next festival. And then you tell them, give them your card or whatever. Hey, I do have a solo band. So if we all like try to help each other out, I also feel that um, black women would have a, more chances too in the industry. Mm. So, do so do you think that some of the uh, elite brothers are are are, are kind of just playing their position and not trying to cause waves? Oh, for sure, for sure, hands down. And the ones that do, I mean, I guess um, everyone's about their money. It's really, if you, there, there, 
I've learned that there's people in the industry that are just some that about the money they're going to get it no matter what. And then there's some that are like, you know what, we got to speak up. You know, we got to say something. So I have to respect that. You know, that's that's their their life, their philosophy. Go after all the money, get all the money they can. Um, that's not really my philosophy. Yes, I like to make money, but I mean, you have to think about things ethically, too. And, and you know, and care for your sisters, you know, you got You have to. Well, if they're a happy medium, right, where you can get your money and and still be able to stand up on the podium and speak truth to power. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you, sh- you should be able to do both. You should be able to. I-, I think the more independent you are, the easier it is. But I still, if I were on a big label or something, I still would want to say what I needed to say. Like, I don't want anybody to shut me up because you're putting money behind me. That's again, that's the slave mentality. That's the slave master. It's that doesn't work for me. Cause I'll just leave and be like, you know what? That doesn't work for me. You go find you someone that you want to control. I'm not the one. Mm, mm. So, and I, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to sound silly or foolish asking this question. <laughs> Because I believe you know that I know, but I still have to ask this question for the audience. Mm-hmm. This concept of of blackballing, right? mm. and and I'm the more we speak and the more I speak with other black musicians, it doesn't even just sound like we're we're being blackballed as black people collectively. It sounds like it's just black people are just blackballed. Period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at the legacy, the wealth legacy, and you can say within the last 20 years, all the wealthy, wealthy, wealthy uh, blues artists have been white. You know, Joe Bonamassa, he's, you know, our modern day blues guy, and he's worth millions. But what black guy is worth that? You know, it's that's it's strange to me, you know, and that's someone else who learn the blues from B.B. King. But what about that other little kid in, in Mississippi outside of Kingfish, but there are other kids out there that, you know, know the blues and say, why don't you give them a chance too? Or those little girls who, they know how to sing the blues and stuff. Because we we grow up singing everything. Mama was playing Yolanda Adams, Johnny Taylor, Betty Wright, you know? <laughs> so, and then we had some journey, you know? So it was like everything. So I'm like, you know, give us a chance because we're just as talented as the young little white girls and the young little white boys. But I know what it is. It's because the kids, when in in black communities, they don't have the money or the resources to say, oh, I'm going to take my kids to see B.B. King and see if he can get on stage with B.B. King. We don't have that. You know, we don't get those kind of opportunities. And nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm, our parents don't have that kind of money to be like, oh, we're going to go pay money to go get in this show and then get you on stage with such and such. That's part of the legacy, too. We know that in America, uh, whites have more generational wealth. That is true. So even without the, with the resources, right, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't hear of, and I would say for the exception of Kingfish, because, you know, and, and but 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 Bill Howell and Mad Perry is a different type of individual 
You know yeah, what I mean? He's yeah. a great cat, you know. Mm. But but how many times have, have we heard of, outside of that situation, a, a young black kid getting the opportunity of a Joe Badamasa or Eric Clapton? Right. Um, I, you don't see it. You just, you don't. And I, again, I think it goes back to money because black families can't afford to take this kid that is obsessed with guitar and go play, um, you know, go, you know, to the shows and stuff. And a lot of black families, they're out working. They're working. They're not, you know, they don't really have stay-at-home moms and stuff. Both parents are working and doing the thing, you know, trying to make it work for the family. So, so maybe the issue then is that we can't afford, and when I say we, I, I just I, that's a this is a blanket statement. Yeah, can't afford to get our children. Uh, music lessons, singing lessons, mm-hmm. guitar lessons to where that they can actually compete on this level. Is, is right. this what the issue is? So, so that is make- the issue. That's the issue, hands down. I mentored young girls, white girls, and their families put money behind them. And now, you know, at 18, 19, they're on record labels singing the blues. Wow. You know, I said, and I hate to say this because I know I'm supposed to be for everybody, but I don't even think that I will mentor young white girls anymore because they have it. They have the connections and resources to pay for, um, you know, what, what, where they want to be. I'd rather go into those urban neighborhoods and those girls that do sing. I'd rather teach them about the blues and tell them, like, we need you too, you know, just like they say in the, you know, they were recruiting for the army. I want to go and recruit for the blues. <laughs> I, I think you should. I, I mean, because, you know, some of these young folk have, you know, some really uh, hurtful stories and they need an outlet. And I think the blues oh, yeah. would be a great outlet. Yeah, for sure. Because it's our music. We have this connection where we can really you know, really get it, get it out and deliver it in a way. And there's a special, special way that we deliver authentic blues. And for me, there's nothing like a black man or black woman singing authentic blues, like the way they capture it, you know? So what would be the thing you most want the audience and then the business of the blues to receive and understand i want the i want the industry as a whole i want the artists i want the audiences i want the gatekeepers meaning the booking agents and the labels i want them to understand that even though they don't see a place for us in this industry they need to, at this point in time, with everything that's gone on the last year in this country, they need us. And we need their money to get out, get our music out. <laughs> but if that doesn't work, then Black people have to come together and we have to build our own. And not just settle for chit- chitlin circuit type money. 
we build our own and we follow Joanna Massa's uh, model, his business model, rent out the place, put the band in there. I see it at one band, have three or four artists coming through, sell tickets, boom, 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 boom. And then the industry will catch on and be like, oh, we want to work with you now. No, no, boo-boo, we're good. We're good over here. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned the, and I'm going to, we're going to begin to wrap up because I can keep asking questions. Please forgive me. But you I, mentioned oh, the, I, <laughs> the gatekeepers, <laughs> the promoters, right? Are we lacking black promoters? Oh, for sure. Hands down. Hands down. The last like black festival I played um, was in High Point, North Carolina, the John Coltrane um, uh, Blues Festival. And I rarely, rarely have black promoters. I mean, very rare. I can, in the resources to establish a, a, a strong infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, again, the gatekeepers, when you look at, you know, because I'm, I'm part of the Blues Foundation, when you look at, you know, their charter members or it's a couple of blacks, it's not it's majority white, majority white, but with a, you know, couple of blacks here and there. So, you know, that becomes the representation has to be there, too. The representation has to be on the or on the the. Uh, charter members too it has to be there in the organization right because otherwise again the black musicians are in a situation where they can't say too much right because I, mean, I don't mind saying too much but i know for some artists they just don't because it's like what's the point you know i've been dealing with this you'll see they'll say you'll see you're so young you know you're just in fight mode but you'll see when you get my age it's not even worth it because they're going to always be the same well i don't want to be your age and still things still be the same i want to know that i tried and i fought for things to be equal in this industry that's all we're asking for we don't want you to just put black people on the festival we want you to include us when you have those all white festivals well, I mean, <laughs> considering it's a blues festival, it would make sense to have black people there. But, you know, it, <laughs> but even more, you know what? And even, I don't say more importantly, but to, to, to refrain from just saying blues is black music. Yeah. How does it look to have a festival just white people? Oh, it's always disheartening, you know. It's disheartening to to see that. Because to me, that means you don't appreciate the blues at all. You just appreciate your bottom line. Or you are rock, or you're a, a rock fan. Because nine times out of ten, if you have more white artists, you're more having blues rock. And again, I don't have anything against blues rock. I do love it. My husband plays it. But he plays everything. But he sees it too, like, he was like, oh, it's a little weird that, you know, it was all like rockers or guitar, you know, guitarists and stuff. You know, he's like, that's weird. You know, you, my other friends that are singers, y'all should be there too. Yeah, because then at the end of the day, blues rock is different from the blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, sister, I'm just happy that you spent some time with us this evening. But 
I appreciate you. I was, I remember saying like, whenever you interviewed me a year and a half ago, I was like, oh my God, the best interview ever. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And we're going to do it again. Now, do you have, you have a new album out right now, correct? Just my album that was out. It's called uh, Kiss My Sass. That's my last album. So we might put out something this year. I want to put out something this year that makes a statement. So look out for that. That's right. And and the um, power and stand up, are they for sale right now or? Power we just put out at, with a video. You know, it's not for sale right now. Stand up. I'll send it to you and let you check it out. Tell me what you think. Definitely. You heard it here, <laughs> folks. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do this again real soon. And we're going to keep the good fight. And we're going to be getting on them on Facebook. <laughs> we, don't have we don't have no other choice, okay? All right. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much. Bye.